want to take a minute to remind you that we have a lot of ways in which we can help hurting people at the Healing Care Center. Maybe you have experienced a tough patch, or maybe you know somebody that's going through a difficult season. We can help. It is a Christ-centered caregiving led by highly qualified, gifted, and educated caregivers. And we focus on positioning people for transforming encounters with Jesus Christ, particularly in the place of their emotional wounding. We can do this by face-to-face weekly meetings. We have intensives where people come for five days. We also have Come Away With Me retreats, which are seven days long, and we can do online counseling and care. I want to let you know about this because we're having more and more people contact us wanting help. And I want you to be aware it's there. So no matter where you are, you have the possibility of receiving some Christ-centered care, particularly focusing on the difficulties you're facing facing emotionally or relationally in your life. So if you're interested, go to the Healing Care Center website. You'll find the number. You'll call. They'll have good conversations with you, set you up with the kind of care that would best serve you. By the way, we are just now initiating yet another form of care where we're holding online healing care groups. So if that's something you might need, or you may know someone that could use that kind of attention and care, please get a hold of us. That's why our folks are there. God is doing something special. Our ministry is growing and growing. And I wanted to make you aware of that today. Let me say a word of prayer. Father, I come in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How we are desperate for your presence how we long for you to meet and touch us in the place of our deep wounding. Lord, I know that you love and care for every person listening. May something I say today be an encouragement to their heart and may be light on the path. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It was just two weeks ago that A good friend of mine came to our home, and he cooked a wonderful Thai meal for Cheryl and I. He grew up in Thailand and is now back there uh, doing some ministry. For many years, he was a missionary there. And we began to talk yet again about the martyrdom of several Christian and Missionary Alliance missionaries back in 1968. I know for many of you that's a long, long time ago. But for me, these are individuals that I came to know, particularly their children. And for this man and several of my other friends, those missionaries that lost their lives were the parents of their own friends. This friend of mine that was here... He was schooled in a missionary school in Vietnam, right in the middle of a war zone. And as we sat at the table and he recounted the events around what happened in Banh Mi Tuat, I could feel tears streaming down my face. You see, these these folks had gone 
to Vietnam in order to share the gospel of Jesus. And they were actually in a leprosarium where they were caring for people who were suffering from leprosy. And the Viet Cong came in. They had a makeshift bunker that they went into. And the Viet Cong were destroying everything. They blew up the compound. And finally, one of the men, whose name was Zemer, Bob Zemer, he got out of the bunker to try to talk to them, and they cut him down. Then they went over and threw a series of hand grenades into the bunker and killed those that were there. But there was one woman, her name was Marie Zemer, who was in that bunker, and she had 18 wounds, but still living. They pulled her out, and they told her to simply get away. Eventually, she was airlifted back into the United States. Now, at that time, her son was a student at Wheaton College. And the dean came and told him of what happened to his father. And then they flew him out to meet his mother on the West Coast. Now, what happened next is what caused me to simply cry. And I began to wonder how people can be so strong. As my friend told the tale, he said that when her son saw her, she was fiddling with a piece of paper and he asked her what she was doing and she said that she was counting her blessings. I, I don't know how someone makes that kind of choice at a time like that. I'm, I'm fairly sure it's not how I would respond. I did meet this dear lady years later and I know that she was genuinely focused on the goodness of God in the midst of unspeakable pain. As my friend began to recount this story, I did cry. Tears did well up in my eyes. And I, I prayed that the Lord would give me strength always to have a sense of gratitude, even in the midst of difficult times. You know, there's a tension that exists, and we see it in Scripture, a tension between joy and suffering. Not a tension in the sense that you have to hold one or the other, but somehow you hold both of them, and in holding both of them, it keeps you on the path. It helps you move forward. I know there's this scripture that comes in 1 Thessalonians. Actually, I think it's in the very first chapter around the sixth verse where Paul talks about the fact that these people had received the Holy Spirit in a time of great suffering, and yet it brought them great joy. And of course, we know the text that comes in Hebrews chapter 12 that talks about Jesus, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I think that's part of what I need to understand. 
I don't know what it's like for you, but I, particularly when I'm going through a difficult time, seem to focus solely on one emotion, one feeling, one reality, and it's normally the negative. I'm discouraged. I'm disappointed. I'm depressed. This is difficult. But what we see in the life of this dear woman and what we see modeled in Scripture is that we have the ability to hold two feelings, two stances at the same time, and that we can use one to help us better understand the other. And so I just want to talk a couple more minutes about the idea of in difficulty choosing gratitude. Now let me say from the very beginning, choosing gratitude in the middle of difficulty is not pretending, it's not denying, it's not putting a false face on things. It's admitting that this could be a bad situation. But it is also it being gratitude, a reminder that there is more to the story. And that somehow if I can open my eyes, awaken to the presence of God in the moment, I can discover that light is even shining there. Two stances at the same time. I I admit this doesn't come easily for me, and I am one that tends to carry around, if you will, a basket full of negative thoughts. Anything that's negative that has happened, I, I don't know how it is, but I can tend to hold that. But I need, in this day, in this time, to choose gratitude. I know we've talked about gratitude in the past, but I, I feel the need to rehearse it yet again. Gratitude is this conscious, spirit-empowered choice, a spiritual exercise, if you will, in which we seek to awaken to the movement of kingdom of God, even when there is darkness in the midst of our day. Gratitude is somehow a declaration that God is presence, present. He's in the business of exploiting evil, though we may not see it at the time, to ultimately bring about good. It's the practical expression of what Paul encouraged when he said to give thanks in all things. It's not saying give thanks for all things. It's saying give thanks in all things. And be ready to surrender even in the midst of the difficulty and the darkness so that God can exploit it for his purpose and for his good. I, I don't think that gratitude is always and necessarily driven by feelings. It is mostly an expression of faith. It, it's my effort to tell myself and a world, if they're listening, that ultimately God is good and all that he does is good. I don't know how individuals that have gone through the trials like this dear lady find it within them 
to rise up and still give thanks, but I want to be like them. And it becomes important that I choose gratitude now so that it becomes, if you will, a neuropathway, <laughs> a natural journey for me, even in the midst of difficult things. Joy and suffering. Gratitude in the midst of difficulty. Certainly not easy. But I think it's important that we revisit this again. Almost every day, if not every day, we at Healing Care Ministries or I myself receive some communication of an individual that's going through a very, very difficult time. And we need to give those people the chance to honestly talk about their disappointment, their discouragement, and their pain. And yet, at the same time, we need to help them find the light of God in the midst of the circumstance in order that gratitude can awaken us to the promises of God. Now, I don't know what situation you're in today. Maybe it's one of the best days you've had. But I want to encourage you. Speak out some things you're grateful for. Even mention it to some people. Maybe you're grateful for them. I think what you'll find is that it lifts your heart. It will encourage you. It will encourage them. And somehow, in a mysterious way, it unleashes the kingdom in our midst. 